It's seven o'clock my time. We're going to go ahead and get started. So an official welcome everyone and welcome to the first Partner in Action webinar. The foundation of the Partner in Action webinar comes from the communication model predator, prey, or partner. And this is a body of work that was developed by my sister, Pat Kirkland. If you want to know more about Pat or about her work, you can visit patkirklandleadership.com. And it looks like we have people calling in from all over the globe. So uh, an official good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. We've got people from Canada, Mexico, Russia, United Arab Emirates, Lithuania, Hungary, Turkey, UK, the US, Poland, Romania, Spain, France, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Czech Republic, and more than that even. So it's really super to have everyone on the call. Now a reminder of some technical points. Let's go through those. You know most of these are ready. Now because it is an audio only, and the session is going to be recorded, in order to keep the quality of the line high, please use a headset and mute your microphone when not speaking. If possible, find a quiet spot, especially if you're going to unmute yourself to participate verbally. And the way you unmute is you click the microphone button on the bottom left of your screen. You'll be doing some writing during the call, so grab a piece of paper and a pen. And make sure you're not operating any heavy machinery, people, or driving a vehicle. I've tried this. It doesn't work. Today's call, it's going to be semi-interactive with having a discussion and some coaching. And we'll be looking at the communication challenges some of you submitted prior to the call. This is going to be a combination of laser discussion spot coaching on behaviors and mindset that's been discussed in any of the predator prey partner programs that you've attended. So whether or not it's a challenge you submitted, you're welcome to participate in the discussion and volunteer to be coached. The call is going to consist of three areas. The three areas are going to be success stories, challenges, and then questions and comments. And you can ask a question or you can make a comment by raising your hand via the participation icon or use the chat box. And both are located in the bottom toolbar. And I'm gonna be stopping from time to time checking on any chats that may be coming through. And reminder, you're gonna to wanna to be concise. Remember from the trainings that you participated in, I have this four sentence rule. Say whatever you have to say in four sentences. And with close to 175 people who've signed up, I'm not sure if we have that many on the call yet, it may take a few minutes for me to respond. There's a few people on the call who got this invitation for the webinar forwarded to you, and I am delighted you're joining. Most people on the call, keep this in mind, they have either attended a workshop or an intensive training that I have given. So it's possible that not everything that we'll be talking about today will make perfect sense to you. With that in mind, I have a request. And this is something I say in my trainings. You don't have to like what I say. You don't have to agree with it. Just stay open to it. And over the coming weeks, practice the behaviors and then see what starts to change, what starts to shift in your relationships. So before we jump into the content, I want to give a short overview and a, perhaps a review of the main concepts that I'm referring to when I talk about this model. So remember the three main styles are predator, prey, and partner. And the predator we defined as a person who is not afraid of conflict. And the predator tends to have mm, maybe a little too much respect for herself and not enough for others. 
And they tend to leave people either feeling frustrated or intimidated or both. Either way, the predator tends to damage the relationship. And a little more information about the predator is they don't always realize they're predator. They think they're just getting the job done because results are the most important thing. And the other extreme is the prey, and that's P-R-E-Y. And the prey is usually a really nice person, and they're going to avoid conflict at all costs. For the prey, harmony and getting along well and having positive relationships is the highest importance. Now here's the problem. When a person is not holding enough respect for themselves, it can trigger a predator reaction in even the nicest people. So, so you could trigger someone who's usually a nice person to be a predator towards you. That's why it's so important to pay attention to how you're showing up. And then the partner is the ideal approach and the partner is magical. She's holding high respect for herself and for the other. Now, why this is so useful is that if I'm showing up as partner in front of a predator, it makes a predator not want to misbehave. And if I'm showing up partner with a prey, it makes the prey feel safe and respected. So they're not tempted to go prey. So people often say, hey, Amy, don't both people have to be playing partner for it to work? No, just as long as one person's holding a strong enough frame, that's already good enough. So that's why this approach can create magical results at times. With that in mind, it's time to jump in. All right, this is how it's gonna work. Remember I sent out to you a list of communication challenges. Well, I wanna tell you the ones that got the most votes and that's popular, not electoral votes, were getting challenged and deliver bad news. Those are the top two contenders. So we're gonna be focusing on those points this evening. And at the end of the call, I'll give you some information for how you can find out on, on a, the other communication challenges that we've talked about or that we didn't get to discuss tonight that you, some of you have were interested in. Okay, now I want you to get ready to write down a couple of words. I'm gonna explain a situation to you and I'm gonna ask you to write down what you think is a result. All right, imagine you're entering a room and you're about to have a conversation with a person who you consider a predator. Remember that person is holding more respect for themselves than they are for you. They may be perhaps intimidating or disrespectful. Consider a real situation. Who in your life, personally or professionally, would you imagine would be that predator? Okay, and they're right in front of you. Now, take the piece of paper, grab the pen, and write down the word, how you would feel right now. I'm going to give you five seconds to do this. So if you haven't come up with a word yet, here are some examples. You might feel scared or angry or petrified or shocked or frozen. So I want you, for anyone who's willing to share your word, I want you to type it in the chat. Let's hear and let's see what are some of the results were. So go ahead and type that one word, a feeling that describes how you might feel being faced with the predator. Angry, confused, tense, nervous, anxious, intimidated. Some other words, provoked, oh yeah, I can imagine that. You feel helpless, apprehensive, uncomfortable, insecure, confused, careful. Yep, you gotta be careful around a predator because you don't know what to expect. Insecure, intimidated, annoyed. That's pretty intense. I'm just looking to see where I can mute everyone. Give me a second. No. Nope. Don't seem to have that option right now. Other people said they felt annoyed, more confused, insecure. So overall, I'd say a pretty negative state, creating a lot of negative energy inside of us. And when that happens, it can cause our brains to shut down. 
literally we can have what they call an amygdala hijacking of the brain and the prefrontal lobe the part of the brain that's responsible for processing language it has gone on holiday it has just shut down for work so your ability to function in that moment and to think carefully in that moment is almost non-existent here's the good news and this comes from solutions focused coaching i want you to imagine now something very very different imagine tonight you go to sleep and a miracle happens while you're sleeping and the miracle is that you possess all the skills necessary to effectively handle that individual uh-huh that's magic right and i want you to write down the word how you would feel knowing that so you got five seconds to do that go ahead and do that now okay i'm hearing successful bulletproof oh i love that one <laughs> awesome relaxed powerful confident powerful confident relief yes relieved calm confident prepared empowered powerful empowered empowered confident secure great amazing a winner happy Ooh, oh yeah all right so i want you to hold those two words off to the side because we're gonna get back to those later on now we're gonna do another survey this one imagine handling getting challenged okay this was the most voted communication challenge you want to work on. We've talked about how it would feel to be able to successfully manage a predator. Now let's go to the next level of detail. I want you to imagine that you are getting challenged by a predator in a meeting, whatever a meeting means for you. So here are your three options, A, B, or C. Now keep in mind, all of these options are viable, reasonable options. So I haven't slipped in a trick one that is a, a no-no, all right? So listen carefully and tell me which are the ones, and you're just gonna, what you'll do is you'll just choose A, B, or C, and you'll put it in the survey in a moment, in the chat box. Out of all these three, which is the one you're most likely gonna do in that moment? A, confront the behavior immediately in a partner-like way. B, do you wait, eat some chocolate, then confront the behavior one-on-one -on -one in a partner-like way, or C, do you make up a story about their behavior and let it go and eat some chocolate? All right, so here's a review. And then once you've chosen your answer, go ahead and put it in the chat box. Do you A, confront behavior immediately in a partner-like way, meaning in the meeting? Do you wait, eat some chocolate, confront the behavior one-on-one -on -one in a partner-like way later on? Or C, do you make up a story about their behavior and let it go and eat some chocolate. Okay, let's see what people have said. We've got C, C, A, 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 C, B, 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 A, B. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Depends. C, A, B, A, A, B, B, C, B, C, A, A, B, A, B, C, C. What this is telling me is that you each have different preferences. So what I'd like to now do is I'd like to hear from two or three brave individuals who will be willing to share your response and share with us the thinking behind it, the pros and cons, the rationale. And then I'd like to have a brief discussion and I may do some coaching with you around that. So be open to that possibility. Who would like to open up your microphone and share your thoughts? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, who is that? I this is Giuseppe. Hey, Giuseppe. I, 
<laughs> I chose the option B. Uh-huh. And my logic is that uh, in uh, in a public setting, in a meeting, probably the predator will want to win, will want to be right mm. in front of the others. So even if I approach it uh, in the right way, the predator is likely to come back uh, and want to prove that uh, they are the best and that uh, they know it all. Okay, so what I'm hearing is you're paying close attention to that vulnerable side of this human being where we, the person wants to save face. Even if you were to do it as a partner, they might still struggle with having being called out in public and it could feel too vulnerable to them. And then you get into this one upmanship of I'm right, you're wrong. That's the risk. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thanks, Giuseppe. And what about someone who chose A? You confront the behavior immediately in a partner-like way. Who's willing to share with the group your thoughts on that one and how you might handle it? Can you hear me, Amy? Yeah, who's that? This is Ron from the Netherlands. Hi, Ron. Good to hear your voice. I would like to handle it like a partner because I think I'm equal to them. So, Ron, let's say we're on a conference call and I'm the predator and I've just challenged you in some way. Right. Can you share with us how you might say, like, like let's say I say to you, Ron, you know, the results you're showing us in this Excel sheet make no sense whatsoever. Oh, thank you, Amy, for your input. Um, what would you like to have changed and what can I do for you to get the right results you're aiming at? Beautiful. So what I hear is that you did a couple things really well. You thank me for my input as if it's totally legitimate. So what Ron does there, everyone, is that he pretends not to notice that I'm being difficult. He pretends not to notice he hears the sarcasm or the condescending tone in my voice, which is not easy for our egos. And then the next thing is you're very generous where you don't defend yourself or your point of view. You just simply, you show that you're open and curious. Now, that doesn't mean that in the end, my point of view is going to win or I'm going to get what I want, though you're making it so easy for me to save face in that way by being gracious. So Giuseppe's approach of confronting it after the fact is also to save face. Your approach in the moment is being gracious, and that's helping me to save face. Anything else you would add, Ron? Uh, it works every day. <laughs> ah. I use it every day. Uh-huh. Okay. Ron, while I have you on the call, uh, unmuted, do you have a particular success story that's happened to you that you'd like to share with us? Not really a success story. I had the meeting last Friday, and it's about me leaving the company where I'm, how you say that? Uh, I work for Rabobank in Utrecht at the moment, and they like to have things changed and the manager that took lead in the meeting that didn't know what to do and so I took the lead and uh-huh. <laughs> tried to convince him and, and uh, to, to do something uh, the way we would like to have it and I got the lead now I have to make a presentation and uh, do a presentation for the his manager okay. uh, next week. So, Ron, am I hearing that you were able to persuade your manager to give you the lead on something? 
That's right. Great. Can you can you remember or were you aware of what you did or didn't do that was a partner-like way in order to make that happen? Yes, I remembered when um, his manager doesn't know what we are going to do, uh, are doing at our department. So I remembered when he came at the company for two years ago, yeah. I remembered him. What do you did you miss in in the communication? What can we improve with uh -huh. your manager? So I took took his answers to improve ourselves. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant! We think we're cheating when we take somebody else's responses. Then they love it. They love hearing their own words. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ron. Thank you. Great. Okay. So now I'm going to ask another brave person to share your response to your thoughts on C. C was, you make up a story about their behavior and you let it go and eat some chocolate. Who chose C and would like to share your thoughts on that? Legita, can I pick on you? Hi, everyone. Yeah, I chose a C because that I think that for me, when my brain shut down in stress situation, best of all is to create some story about the person mm -hmm. and to take time to get more calm and understand what is going on and then to eat chocolate <laughs> and have a few minutes to turn on my brain mm -hmm. And maybe go back to the conversation. And um, I didn't catch exactly what did you mean? Just go out after eating the chocolate or go back to conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm hearing, Legita, is you're, you're really honoring the fragility of our brains and how, like you said, it shuts down. And so, for me, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and for many of us, it does. So, acknowledging that that can happen and that it's okay to not deal with the situation in the moment because if your brain's not available <laughs> it's probably not a great idea to jump in with both feet and what i meant by and let go of it is so you make up a story and then you would choose not to speak to the person about the confrontation you wouldn't sit them down and say, hey, what was that all about? Even if you were to do it as a partner, that's what I meant by let it go. Yes, exactly. Making different story about the predator and making in good faith that creating the story that maybe he had a bad vacation or mm -hmm. bad day or something happened to him and bad day in the job. Making a different story let me a little bit come down and smile mm -hmm. uh, to start to talk in low voice in comfortable way and uh, mostly cases in stress situation i cannot find useful words so after a few minutes when you are thinking what is going on just you are trying to find a few words what yeah. is uh, making conversation in more comfortable uh, way so, Lagita, one of the things that I'd like to point out that you mentioned, and I want to mention this to everybody on the call, if you've forgotten why this is so powerful or if you are not familiar with this approach of making up another story. So someone's misbehaving and we make up a story like Lagita said, he's having a bad day or he's having some problems at work. What that does is it creates immediate empathy within us. 
about this other human being and, and why they might be struggling. It's in no way meant to justify or excuse their behavior. It's simply our way to shift our brain so that we can then feel more peace. Because as we all know, if we're holding on to that anger or that fear or that resentment, that takes a big toll on our bodies. And then I also heard you say, Ligita, earlier that you would wait, make up a story, and then you still might go back and talk to them about it. So it gives you choices and options. And rarely do we need to talk about something immediately to the person. Like in Ron's example, he was able to do it in a very elegant way. They're having a conversation and the predator goes on the attack and Ron just like a gentle tennis ball lobbies it back to the other side of the court in a very partner-like way. And for others of us, or in moments when it's too intense, our brain shuts down, then we take time, pause, and decide what we want to do next with obviously chocolate being a prerequisite. We could suggest to our predator to eat chocolate together. I love it. (laughs) In fact, I think that's a really good point. Everyone should always carry chocolate with them to be on the safe side. (laughs) Just chain in two pieces and eat chocolate and talk about (laughs) what was bad in this day before. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Lakita. Anything else you wanted to add? No, thank you. Okay, great. Now, when I asked Lagita, I think I heard somebody else who was just about ready to volunteer your comments from choosing C. And I want to give that person a chance. Who was that who wanted to share your input? It was Maria. Hi. Hello there. Hello. So I chose C as well, partly for the same reason now that I was listening to. It's also a point of a freezing brain, but also just uh, mm. I don't feel it like, okay, now I'm frozen. I can't think of anything to say. The moment is so uncomfortable. And while my brain is working on finding a mm. proper answer, I'm not able to do that. And then the thing I intuitively do is consider some kind of story around it. Maybe not that they have a bad day, maybe that they are trying to get to a goal that is not clearly visible in the way they behave and Mm -hmm. and it's somehow irrational. And that's how I try to rationalize it in my mind. And typically I then also lack the courage to go afterwards either in the situation or afterwards to tell the person Uh or approach the person in any way, not confronting, but taking up that behavior, even if it was in a partner-like behavior. So it's also part of uh, partly lack of courage. Okay. So let's talk about that because I think that's true for many of us. And I didn't fully catch your name. Maria. Maria. Okay, Maria. And Maria, first let's talk about when you make up this these other stories, do you notice the impact it has on you towards that person? Yes, it makes me feel more confident. So I can visualize that if that situation happens again, I would have an answer ready. Most of the time, I won't. (laughs) It makes me feel like I did. Okay, so it's confident building, as you said. Okay, so then are there times, Maria, where you were able to successfully go back and talk to someone after an unpleasant exchange? There are situations when I was able to, when I was not the target. Okay. If it was like the, you described a public situation and someone else that I know, mm-hmm. probably know well, behaved in a predator-like way, then I might have gone afterwards to tell them 
that was not okay. But then I'm not as vulnerable because I was right. Oh, I love this example. So we call that the bystander or the witness. And that's a really important role. In fact, I'm just putting together a video on this very challenge that we have when often we want to go protective predator when we see someone being mistreated by someone else. And what I'm hearing is that you don't do that, though you have more confidence, more willingness to go and speak on the behalf of someone else. And then I'm guessing that when you go and speak to that person who misbehaved, who acted like a predator, you're probably able to do it as an assertive partner. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So Maria, it's like the same thing. You know how, I don't know about you, when I'm shopping with my girlfriend and let's say we're, we're in places, this is with any of my girlfriends, we'll be out looking for a bargain and we're in some country or some environment where whatever the price is, if you bargain with them, you can get a lower price. And it seems like I'm always more confident, more willing to barter for my friend than for myself and vice versa. (laughs) So there is this interesting phenomena that when we're looking out for someone else, we have more confidence to do it. So, because we know you can do it. As you said, you're doing it on someone else's behalf. You have that confidence and willingness to do it. What would it take or what is one thing you could do that would allow you to speak up for yourself in a situation? I would need to, I don't know if you can say you play a role or distance yourself. You you look at yourself as the other person. Yes. Defend. Yeah. I love that. So, so here's the thing, Maria, uh, and I'll share this with everybody on the call. One time back in 2005, I had to have a really, really important phone call with somebody and I was very, very stressed about it and I needed to prepare for it. My ego was so triggered and I was so frustrated by this professional conversation. It literally took me 14 hours of conversations with different people and different alcoholic beverages in order to get ready for a 30 second conversation. And now that 14 hours of conversing paid off later on because now I don't have to invest 14 hours every time I have to have a challenging conversation. Though keep in mind, Maria, for you, it may take you some time to prepare for this. Like, let's imagine you've got someone who's been a predator to you and you're like, okay, wow. All right. I guess this is my opportunity. How would I, and this first question for yourself is if this had happened to my colleague X, how would I handle this? What would I say to this person? As if you said, you're doing a role play. I'm speaking on their behalf. All right. So now Maria, let's pretend I'm the predator. I have misbehaved mm-hmm. and you're going to speak to me. Let me know how you feel about it. And you're imagining your, even though I said it to you, you're imagining I said it to someone else. Well, Amy, I think we need to concentrate on the subject matter here and get back to the topic, which is blah, 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 and define what it is that you're really asking here. Mm -hmm. So what I liked was that that was very direct and firm and there was no attacking or criticizing of me. And so that speed that you used was probably appropriate because it was a conversation. Now I want you to take it to the next level. Let's pretend that you and I are meeting one-on-one, you've prepared yourself, and now you're going to give me feedback or confront me or make a request to me. And that's okay if you get it wrong, Maria. This is something that we're we're creating it as we go along. You're going to confront me about my inappropriate behavior. Let's say I made a snarky or sarcastic comment to you. Okay. And the one thing I wanted you to do is whatever you say, say it four times slower 
and keep it really simple. Amy, I want to get back to what you just said. I find it inappropriate in this context to attack in such a way. I believe we can work better together if we just focus on the subject at hand and being respectful to each other. Wow. Fantastic. So do you see how precise and concise and slow you were? It's hard to fight in slow motion. It was. It, it really felt ridiculous almost. <laughs> and there's a couple of things that we're going to tweak. Though, if you were to play that back, you'd say, oh, yeah, that's how slow I have to go so Amy doesn't feel like she's been attacked. And then there's little terms I would invite you to use differently. Like, do you remember how you said there's no reason to... I said she that did time. say that. Okay, good. Thank you. Yep. So that's the word that was the real trigger for me. Uh -huh. So this is what we call judgmental language or what some people call violent language that's quite intense. So yeah. you may, Maria, you're, you would probably feel really reassured to read about nonviolent communication in more detail. And uh -huh. this will help you to see how you can be as direct. So instead of saying there's no reason to attack, you would want to keep it more like less judgmental. So Amy, there's no reason to give your personal opinion on my work ethic or whatever the, the person would have said. So you right. would, you, if you name it more directly and less judgmental, and then also when you're preparing in those 14 hours or hopefully less, <laughs> you play it back, you have someone say it back to you, and then you'll start to be able to see what might trigger you. Then you'll be able to catch words like attack and think, okay, right. how could I say that differently? So good job, Maria. Really great mechanical practice right on the fly, in the hot seat like that, to be able to do that. My sense is that just with a matter of focus and practice on this, you're going to be able to build even more confidence to have these kind of delicate conversations. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Before I move on to the next survey, I'd like to check to see if there's any burning comments or questions from anyone. How to behave as an observer of a predator's attack. Anne-Marie, do you mean like when you're the witness or the bystander, someone else is attacking? Okay, great, thanks. That's what you mean. So, Anne-Marie, this is very challenging because it's so automatic that we want to go protective predator and defend the person, especially if there's someone who's like a, our child or our friend and someone attacks them. Oh, boy, do I want to go protective predator. Or we want to go pray to get the heck out of there because we might be next. So you can see how these flip-flopping responses are so built in our DNA. So there's different ways to do it. Sometimes maybe that predator or prey response really is exactly what needs to happen in that moment. Every situation could be different. Though I have to admit, I've had a couple of moments where I've been a bystander to people being physically aggressive and verbally aggressive with other people. And I have been able to neutralize the situation. And let me tell you, it's, it didn't work when I went predator and it didn't work when I went prey. It only worked when I went partner. And so I'll be recording this video so you, that will be available in hopefully in the next three or four weeks. Though in the meantime, what I'm going to invite you to do is when you're reading about a 
that kind of situation maybe in the news or you're watching it in a movie or on a TV show. What you want to do is you ask yourself the question, okay, if I was a bystander, if I was a witness to that predator attack, what could I have done as a partner that might have neutralized that? Now, you'll never know because you can't redo that situation, except what you're doing is you're creating pathways in your brain for possible options. And I'm doing this constantly. This is how I get my thrills. And eating chocolate is I'm constantly thinking, ooh, how could I handle that situation as a partner or that situation? So this is what you can do for your own entertainment. And let me see if there's some generic things that I can, some guidelines are what I practice with Maria is going slow. I've heard about with unfortunately so much of the racism that's been continuing and getting worse in the U.S., there is some guidelines that I read that if you ever witness someone being harassed or bullied, that if you're willing to, if you're comfortable, that you go and you sit next to the person. You don't engage with the bully. You, in a way, ignore them and act as if they're not there Not in a disrespectful way, though, the person who's most important to you is that the target, the one who's being attacked. And you simply engage with them as you would having a conversation with anybody else. That's one example of how to respond. And then the generic side is speak slowly and move slowly, because that's really hard for the bully to keep their energy when you're slow and calm. And again, this can take a lot of work to be able to do this successfully. So my invitation is that you practice in your mind, imagine scenarios and keep asking yourself, how would I handle that as a partner? And that is creating the new pathways. Okay, I think I've gotten my point across on that one. I want to pause for a second because I wanted to talk with Marie. Is Marie, are you on the call tonight? I know you and I had a email exchange about the possibility of us doing a laser coaching with you. Nicola, do you know if Marie is signed in? Marie Pilar? Yes, we do have two Marias on the call. And this is Um, Marie with an E. Oh, Marie with an E. No, there is no Marie. There is no Marie with an E. No, you're right. It is Maria. Maria. There, are, there is actually one Maria on the call who doesn't have any audio connection. Okay, so that's what it is. Okay, so then we're going to move on. And Maria, you and I, next call we have, next webinar, if you want to, we can do your coaching then. Okay, survey everybody. Get your pens and paper ready. Here's the situation. You have to tell a customer that their delivery will not arrive in time and that you know that this is going to cause them problems. Do you, A, write the bad news in an email. B, do you call the person? Or C, do you meet the person face to face? And sometimes this is not logistically possible. So the alternative, if it's not a face to face meeting, would be a video chat. So A, email, B, call, C, face to face. All right, so I see C, B, C, B, 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 C, B, C. Call is. B, 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 video is C. Okay, so very few people saying A. Most people would say C or B. That's interesting. I'd like to hear from some of you. So send me a text. Who, who would like to comment on calling the person? 
Sure, I would run again. I run, yes. I would explain in a call with uh, with the person involved and then ask for a face-to-face when they need more information or another solution. Okay, so you wouldn't stop at just the call. You would go one step further if, if you suspected they needed more yes, I would ask engagement. Them. I love that. I love the idea of letting them choose. And although not many of you said write the bad news in an email, I haven't, my sister Pat has an interesting approach. She says when she has to give someone bad news, she either calls them first to let them know she's going to be sending them an email or she emails them to let me let them know she's going to be calling them. (laughs) So I find this to be an interesting approach of it's like a it's like a little bit like what you're doing Ron except you're going that one step further and you're being bold from the very beginning picking up that phone so people sometimes need more than one interaction with you so you've got to be willing to be in the discomfort you got to be willing to be okay with someone being upset and unhappy because this is part of what creates trust in people. And the other thing now, many of you are going to not be surprised by my next piece of advice of delivering bad news. And that is avoid the word. This is a showstopper. And if you're not convinced, feel free to have a look on my website and under the newsletters, I'll give you more information about that later. I think it's newsletter four or six about removing butt and how beneficial that can be for your communication. Yes, I see a note about it. Depends on the product. Absolutely. That's an important point. The other thing, and this is related to the point earlier, someone was asking of how to intervene when you're a witness to someone being a bully. It's the same thing in delivering bad news. You heard it when Maria did the demonstration is you want to go four times slower. So here's the overview. Allow yourself to be in the discomfort of someone being upset. Speak four times slower. Avoid the word but. And then the last one is let yourself be interrupted. And no, I'm going to add one more. (laughs) Let yourself be interrupted. And finally, don't over explain or justify. They don't want to hear it in that moment. Maybe later on in the moment they want, give them the essence and be there with their discomfort. So I am going to pause there. We have another survey that I will save for our next webinar. And in the meantime, I'd like to wrap up the call with a little bit of information. The communication challenge, recovering from mistakes, we didn't get to talk about that tonight at all. So I wanted to refer you to one of my newsletters. And you can find that on my website, Carol Coaching under resources for you, and it's newsletter number 24. Also, to get to access the newsletters, you've got to have a password, and the password is PARTNER, with a capital P. The next announcement is the date for the following webinar is going to be 11th of April, same time as this one, so 7 p.m. Central European time. This one is going to be limited to 50 participants. We had, at some point, 170-something callers today, I think, if I saw the name. Nicholas, what number did you see? Can you type that in for me? Let me know. 175. Uh, It was. It was 175. Fantastic. So in order to give more of you opportunities to participate, more interaction, we're going to be limiting it in the future. So 
it might be a good moment now to take a screenshot of the social media channels on the slide. And you're going to be, if you haven't already got my newsletter, feel free to drop me an email. I can put you on the, the list. There's going to be some exciting information in the next newsletter, which is how to access the Partner in Action podcast, podcast series, which is launching on Thursday. Okay, everyone, that's all I have for my side. I'd like to wrap up with a final wish to get out there and be the best partner you can be. Thanks, everyone.